Welcome to the Presentation Boss Podcast. I'm Kate Norris. I'm Thomas Craft. And we're here to help you plan, design, and deliver your best presentation. Hey there, bosses. It's episode 98 of the show, and it's another speech breakdown. Today, we're doing something a little bit different, a little bit shorter, and a little bit of fun. We are, and not only have I watched this talk, <laughs> it is actually one of my favourite talks of all time. And I think this was um, from one of our very first speech breakdowns. We did the Paper Towels TED Talk. Yeah. This is, to me, on par. I reckon that this one and that one are my two favourite talks of all time. Yeah, right. So we have done a lot of TED Talks on this podcast. Today we're doing an Ignite Talk. And Ignite holds a little bit of a special place for me because I've done an Ignite Talk. A couple of years ago now. Yeah. And it's an interesting format. It is a really time-defined format. It's a five-minute speech. And in the background, every 15 seconds, your slides automatically progress. So you don't have a choice in this matter at all. Yeah, you hit play on the, on the slides and every 15 seconds, you've got to keep up with it, right? And so it could be quite an intense format. Mm. So years ago, when I was sort of like looking at Ignite Talks and preparing for mine, I came across this particular example of an Ignite Talk. And as you say, Kate, it's a brilliant talk, but I think it's also a brilliant example of this particular format of speaking as well. For sure. I'm actually not a fan of Ignite Talks overall. I don't love many of them. And I don't even know why I watched this to begin with. Probably I sent it to you, let's be honest. But it is just good. So, of course, this talk does have visuals with it, but we have watched it and we asked two questions. One was, do the visuals add to the talk? Yes, they do. But does the talk stand up without the visuals? We believe it does as well. So this should work in the audio format. So, Kate, why don't we listen to it? Yep, let's do it. So we will be listening to a talk from Ignite Sydney. This is Mark Cohen with How to Eat a Banana. Right. So back in the 1930s, my grandmother was uh, living in Eastern Europe and they decided it was time to get out of there. They made their way to South Africa. She made her way to London from a small town in Poland, got on a boat, sailed to Cape Town. And when they got to Cape Town, it was the first time in her life she'd encountered tropical fruit and she found bananas. No one told her how to eat one. So she picked it up and bit it like an apple and then tried to chew it and eat the skin. So clearly there's a wrong way to eat a banana. 41 seconds in. And two slides. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Something I love, something I really dislike. First of all, open with a story. Beautiful story. Love it. Thing I really dislike, and this is why I actually have a lot of problem with most Ignite talks, and that is he's got 15 seconds for this first slide, and he's going to get his entire story into 15 seconds because he needs to. That story needed to be 30 seconds. So unfortunately, in the Ignite style, you have a choice. You either waste in inverted commas, a slide on extending your story to 30 seconds or you pare down your story to 15 seconds. And I think there was probably some detail that could have come out of that if he didn't want to use an extra slide. And I know that this is going to be a theme that I'm not going to harp on about again during this talk, but the issue that I have with this talk and most Ignite talks is that there's no break. There's no allowance for pauses or the speaker to take a breath for the audience to have just like a little bit of a mental relax. Mm. It's just relentless. I think what Ignite teaches us is you often can't take a 20 or a 10 minute talk and 
push it into a five-minute format. Mm. Writing a speech this short and this rapid almost kind of needs to be a rebuild of the presentation of an idea. And Mm. it is certainly a theme. I mean, like the couple of shows we went to live in the lead up to mine, we saw that a lot of talks were a bit overstuffed. And just that idea of pull some of the content out, treat it like a five minute speech and have some pause, some break in there rather than trying to make sure you tell us everything. Yeah, I think it's extremely specialised and I haven't actually ever seen anyone do it exceptionally well. I'm I'm right here. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly there's a wrong way to eat a banana. The question is, what's the right way? So show of hands, who believes you peel the banana from the stem? A fair few. Who believes that you peel the banana from the butt end, the other end? A fair number of people. So this is a fairly polarizing issue. Now, <laughs> there you go. You're wrong. <laughs> so what's the right way? You know something I like just here? And Ignite tends to be a little bit more of a uh, relaxed format as far as sort of the audience and the events goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As compared to like an industry conference or a TED event. I am pretty sure, I'm no botanist, but I'm pretty sure... The end of a banana that's not the stem end is like the flower end. And he called it the butt end. And I think it's just, <laughs> it's just a little bit of a, it's not funny, but it's a little bit of a, a, a light line in there. Just that a bit of a nod that this is a bit relaxed. I think the word and, you're looking for is audience appropriate. Yes, exactly. And we saw that he asked who peels it from this end, who peels it from that end. There was sort of debate slash discussion broke out in the audience. Uh, yes, very audience appropriate. So what's the right way? So... Being the massive node who overanalyzes everything that I am, I figured the best way to get an answer to this was to use statistics. So <laughs> I put together a Google form and I created a survey. Um, asked STEM first, end first, threw in a few other options, put in the text box because it's always good to get the text box in there. And I sent it out to 200 people at work on Slack. I put it out on social media, collected as many responses as I could. The stats are in. Who said that you think you should peel from the STEM? So you guys are right. Yeah! 45% of people say you should peel from the stem. 31% say peel from the butt. And 24% were the others, which included people who thought I'd gone insane or my email had been hacked or this was some kind of a weird test. Turns out if you peel from the stem, banana anatomy says you should peel from the stem because the top is the delicious juiciness and the fruity bit. And the bottom bit that you'd leave in the peel and throw away is the bananas. You know, the thing that looks like a butthole. That's full of crap. An example of when a visual adds to a presentation. So he has a diagram with like most of the banana labeled as fruity bit. And then the bottom is labeled as anus. And then he calls it the bananas. Like it's clearly just a portmanteau. Again, audience appropriate. Hang on. A what? A bananas. No, no. A portmanteau? Oh, a portmanteau is the combination of two words. Podcast is a portmanteau of iPod, because they start on an iPod, and broadcast, so you get podcast. Random facts with Thomas. Very good. Keep going. (laughs) That you'd leave in the peel and throw away is the bananas, you know? Here's the thing about bananas, though. Bananas are loaded with vitamin B6. They're full of vitamin C. They're an awesome source of potassium if you're not feeling well. If you're carbo-loading, eat a banana. And if you want to have an afternoon snack and you're trying to be healthy, bananas have got no cholesterol. This is the thing about how you peel a banana, though. It doesn't matter when you're hungry. You know that you're hungry. You know that bananas are awesome. 
you know you've got to take the skin off. You kind of know enough at that point. You don't really need to analyze the, the how to peel it best. This is a thing humans are really bad at. We get sucked into the analysis and our brains are trained to work on patterns and we keep on trying to understand the how and we focus on the process. Sometimes we spend a little bit too much time on the how and not enough on the why. People who get stuck in that phase of analysis suffer from what we call analysis paralysis. When you get caught in that loop, sometimes people miss entire life opportunities because they're busy trying to make their mind up, they can't figure out the right thing to do, and the whole thing disappears on them. So this gives rise to what I call the banana paradox. You're presented with a problem, you start trying to figure out how to solve the problem, and when you've got enough information, you flick the switch and you go from the planning to the doing. The banana paradox is how far forward can you pull that flicking of the switch without actually being too soon. The reason this is important is because high-performing people just do it. You know what I've noticed just now, and I agree with you, the first, the first two and a half minutes of this talk, we've got the banana thing, the polling of people, which end do you peel up from? Very quick, really rapid. And I think in the first half of this talk, you can think, whoa, this is going to be full on. But the clever thing is this whole banana analogy is leading into this idea about decision-making. It's just a vehicle to give us a bit of a mental anchor as to what we're going to, the actual, what we're going to talk about. And now that we've gotten into this content, which is a little bit less, shall I say, flippant about the banana and a bit more serious, I've noticed he's slowed down a bit and there is some pause in there. It is by no means a relaxed delivery, <laughs> but it has slowed down a bit. Yeah, that's true. Which says to me, the stuff about the banana was fun. It's not super important. It's just there to build energy and interest. Now we've got to some serious stuff. We need to slow down that little bit so that people hear it, listen to it, understand it. I mostly agree with that. I think the banana analogy is just such an awesome way to use an analogy. Like, it's such a good example. What I feel like he's done is maybe also recognize that the banana analogy is light and flippant and fun and ultimately not important. But he has to be careful not to diminish that. And I feel like by rushing through it so much, to me, it feels like he has diminished it a little bit. And I would just caution against that. So making sure to not rush it too much because it's still important to communicating the message. Yeah. And we do say to slow down to emphasize a point, which you can do. It doesn't mean that you speed everything else up. This does raise a question, which is like, how fast is too fast? To me, I can still keep up with the rate that he's delivering that analogy. Like, I don't know that I personally struggled. Mm, me too, but I listen to my podcasts at 1.6 speed. So that sounds kind of like that to me, which works for me because that's how I listen. But I'm sure that for some people it would probably be too much. Anyway, I said that I wouldn't talk about it. The reason this is important is because high-performing people just do it. People who get stuff done in life understand the difference between knowing enough about a problem and knowing everything about a problem. And as soon as they know enough, they're in there and they start doing things. And sometimes they make mistakes, but that's all good. Employees at Apple and Google understand this as well. And they actually tap into this and they build what they call their A-teams. In the A-teams, these people, they group people together who typically by Thursday morning have done more than most people do by Friday afternoon. But they don't stop. The following week, they compound that benefit and they even further ahead. And the following week, even further ahead. And they keep, they keep doing this. And these, these A-teams win by doing more and doing it quicker. So why is this important? 
we've internalized this as a principle at my work. We've, we've taken this on board and we, we've made number one of our seven tech principles. These things hack on, hang on the walkway. Everyone walks past them every day. Principle number one is just fucking do it. <laughs> Don't say things need to be done. Just do it. We'd, we believe this is important because a bias to action means that you, you get stuff done quicker. People with that bias to action always win. Okay, tell me your opinion about using the F word in a talk. Um, I'm unconvinced. I think using language like that can be appropriate, especially if you're doing a direct quote from somebody. Often uh, that direct quote needs the language used. Obviously, it's going to come down to the audience as well, whether this is an appropriate audience to use that language in. Some audiences, that's probably going to be okay or borderline at worst. Some audiences, it's going to be a hard no. We don't really know that about this audience. What I do know here is there's a visual up that has like a little post that's clearly in his office that says JFDI. And so him using the word, I think we know what the F is going to stand for. And I think it also expresses in the workplace the frustration of people not doing something. Just do it, right? But, I mean, we can see right there, people know what the F stands for anyway. So if you say, this poster hangs in our office, it says, just do it. The audience sits there and goes, ah, I know what the F stands for. Mm. So my opinion is that I think it works here. I'm not sort of offended by it in any way. But my universal advice would be always err on the side of caution. Yep, fair enough. I think I'm a hard no on it. I think I agree with everything that you've said, except that sometimes it's appropriate. I don't believe, unless you've got a super casual audience, which Mm. I don't think this is, I don't think it's appropriate. I think I like the way that you said. The only reason I don't hate it in this is, like you said, it's got the visual there. It's got JFDI, but I would have liked him to say, just do it and have the audience fill the gap. Because when I listened to this earlier without the visuals to make sure that it was audio appropriate for the podcast, it stood out to me and it jarred me and I didn't like it. Like, I'm not someone who gets offended by these words. I use them in my everyday life occasionally. But I, but I still didn't think it was appropriate for this talk. Yeah, I guess, because this is still a display of use of the English language, regardless mm. of the format it's in. And I think, if I remember back, when you were doing stand-up comedy and you entered that competition, mm. they said, don't have too many F-bombs in it. Mm-hmm. And like comedy often, ha- because it's a very casual audience, often has swears in it. But even there, they're like, just don't knock yourself out here. They said, be careful. And I had a couple of lines that I believed needed it. And I have used it sparingly. And in this context, to me, it's a hard no. So I guess if the universe was entirely up to us, that line would have been, just do it. Yeah. And I think the line is, if there is any sort of doubt, don't. Because you said this is borderline at worst. I think this is borderline at best. People with that bias to action always win. Even if you make mistakes, you course correct, you're still further ahead than the person who's still busy trying to do their planning and hasn't figured out when they want to start and trying to figure out what to do. A little bit of a personal story. Um, I was once hiking with friends. We climbed this waterfall. It's um, on the Otter Trail in South Africa. If you ever go there, check it out. Um, we sat down on the ledge there where the red arrow is, covered in sunblock and wet from being under the waterfall, and I started sliding down the cliff face. And I couldn't get friction. I couldn't grab. And so... My friend's girlfriend smacked me down on the rocks just before I slid past her. Now, if she just stopped and thought, hmm, which is the best way to catch Mark and stop him from plummeting to his death below, I probably wouldn't be telling you how to eat a banana. So your inner lizard brain knows this. So next time you find yourself stuck and paralyzed or you're in a team that's stuck and paralyzed and can't figure out what to do, tell them a story about this presentation. Maybe tell them, just eat the banana. Thanks. (laughs) 
I need to comment on the conclusion. I want to rewrite his conclusion. And the reason is it was self-referential. It said, tell people about this presentation, which I, I find self-referencing presentations just... <laughs> It snaps you out of just listening to the presentation and it reminds you that you're sitting in a room staring at a guy talk about a banana. It just snaps you out of that sort of suspended disbelief, I guess. And then his last sentence was really quick. It was just eat the banana. I think it would have made more sense if he said, if ever you find yourself in a situation, not able to make the decision, remember to just eat the banana. Deliver that final sentence, which I think is really close to his key message. Just leave us with that. Anyway, that was Mark Cohen with How to Eat a Banana. Kate, what did you think? I love it. I think a lot of the comments that I've made have been somewhat negative. Yeah. we. <laughs> but I love it. I genuinely love it. I think I'm just super nitpicking because I want it to be good. I love the message. I love the use of analogy. I love mm. the way he tells stories, the way he uses stories. I love the visuals. I think it's a really tight, really awesome talk. I love that analogy. I love how the... Banana has been selected as this metaphor for making decisions, wanting to talk about just make the decision and get started. And that idea about, you know, you're hungry, you know, bananas are healthy and you need to get the skin off. That's enough information. Just get started on it. I really love that interesting lead into the idea of this talk. Mm. I think it's just accessible. Like everybody knows what a banana is. Everybody's probably peeled a banana at some point in their life. Mm. Like it's just so relatable, accessible. It's a good anchor. And an anchor, mm. and an anchor is something the audience can relate to and use that to anchor a new idea, which is making yeah. decisions. What can I anchor that to? How to peel a banana. So I love this talk so much. I think I see it as like an 80% job and I just want it to be 100% because I just love it so much and that's why I'm so nitpicky. And I love it so much that I've actually used this exact analogy in a couple of training sessions that I have run. Specifically, I have used it for budget training, talking about how to prepare a budget and people get really um, hung up on the process of budgeting and really at the end of the day, what are you trying to achieve is how much money have you got coming in, how much have you got going out. It's it's such an applicable analogy. It is that it is a sentence in my vernacular, just eat the banana. Yeah. Which yeah, I think yeah. most of my friends understand means get on with it. Because <laughs> I've sent them this talk or told them about this talk. Yeah. Um did we discuss what we think the core message is? I feel like just eat the banana is not necessarily the core message. Yeah, Can not... a message be an analogy? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Episode 98, and we're having this crisis of, <laughs> think, eh? of message. Existential crisis. Well, look, I mean, it's an analogy. The message could be, when you need to make a decision, just eat the banana, which we know means when you need to make a decision, once you've got enough information, do it. Yeah. Can an analogy be a message? I think yes, because it is able to be understood. All right. Visuals. We always talk about what did we see. Obviously, there are some slides going on. Do you have any burning thoughts, Kate? No, doesn't need the visuals. Do the visuals add? Yep. Does it need them? Nope. I think some of those visuals were quite clever. I mean, that is the Ignite way. You do want to have some visuals there to help give a bit of context or a little bit of humor point or something to look at. And I think it's worth watching the talk as well to sort of see that dimension of it. Yeah. What did you think about his slide design? Nearly all of them were really good and I have yep. no complaint about. There's sort of one or two in there I didn't love. Uh, there was one he showed the Google form. Oh, yeah. And I think I would have done something a bit different with it rather than just having a screenshot of like a white web page. But otherwise I noticed he wasn't distracting in his slides. There was a couple of times where he just had a key sentence or idea for the 15 seconds. So instead of just putting like a stock photo up, 
he put up just those couple of words. And I think that was a clever way to go. Like when he was talking about the A-teams in Google and Apple, and he wanted to talk about how high-performing people just do it, that, that's what's on the screen. It says, high-performing people just do it, rather than maybe having a photo of, like, somebody sitting at a desk, which just feels a bit shoehorned in. Just have the words there. We know what we're talking about for 15 seconds. Good slide design. Hmm. Overall thoughts, I love it. The end, maybe just watch it on 0.75 speed. <laughs> I mean, I love it too. This, this likewise is a favourite talk of mine. The message is in my common vernacular. Mm. And I think it's one of the best uses of the Ignite format that I've seen. That rapid pace sort of talk to deliver a single little idea. Yeah. So that was Mark Cohen, How to Eat a Banana at Ignite Sydney in 2018. There is a link in the show notes, so go and give it a watch as well. Otherwise, that does us for episode 98. We'll be back in your ears again next week. Thanks for listening to today's show. Head to presentationboss.com.au slash podcast where you'll find the show notes for this episode, all other episodes and other free resources. If you've seen a speech you'd like us to break down on the show, flick us the link at podcast at presentationboss.com.au. Most importantly, we rely on you to share the information in this podcast. If you found value in today's episode, please recommend us to a friend. Or we'd love for you to give us a review on iTunes. It helps more people find us. Have a great week. Do not describe a banana as juicy. It is not a juicy fruit. It is fruity. It is tasty. It is not juicy. Nobody juices bananas.